Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Mary Kay has just about finished her follow-up with you for her type 2 diabetes when you remind her that she needs a flu shot this fall. She responds, I took the influenza vaccine two years ago. It gave me the flu. There's a lot of data on the web that says the flu vaccine doesn't help and can even hurt you. What do you think? How do you respond to Mary's questions? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to discuss flu vaccine and diabetes is Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Frank. So, Frank, you know, you have a really, you know, great topic today, and I want to know about diabetes and our traditional focus. What's, what's new about diabetes? So, um, with regards to diabetes, um, we order hemoglobin A1Cs twice a year. We have uh, a whole set of guidelines on managing um, lipids in patients with diabetes. We check their urines for microalbumin. There are guidelines that say we should be doing microfilament testing for the development of neuropathy. We have them visit the eye doctor on a regular basis. Um, we, we do all these all these things, and the data on their efficacy is really rather gray. Um, for example, in type 2 diabetes, we know an ideal hemoglobin A1c is somewhere between 6.5 and 9 to reduce mortality. Nine. And, and yet, we're, you know, we're constantly trying to figure out is 8 too high and should we get it lower and below 7? We look at LDL levels for lipids in our diabetics, and, and we chase these parameters. And while they're important, uh, I think we need to remember that there's um, the, having diabetes increases the risk of certain severe outcomes. And include, especially uh, in our days of COVID, we have to think about infectious disease. Um, the influenza vaccine is particularly relevant with regards to decreasing mortality in diabetes. And a recent paper further supported that outcome. Uh, so while we still need to do all those other things, we need to be very assertive in supporting the use of the influenza vaccine in our diabetics. That's great. And you mentioned COVID-19. I think we have never seen a country or the world talk so much about a virus and awaiting you know, a vaccine for it. What do we know about the effect of the influenza vaccine on diabetes? So um, in Denmark, where they have uh, a single database where they can track all their citizens and they have universal access to healthcare, they did a, a retrospective analysis of about 250,000 adults with diabetes. And they followed them over the nine flu seasons and they looked to see how effective was the influenza vaccine on all-cause mortality in diabetics. Um, the rate of, of mortality in that population was about 3.5%, uh, 
with about 1.7% coming from cardiovascular disease. So after they adjusted for a variety of confounders, they found that patients who received, both for type 1 and type 2 diabetes, those patients who received the influenza vaccine had a reduction in all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, death from MI or stroke, and also found a reduced risk for hospitalization from complications of diabetes, ranging from diabetic ketoacidosis, hypoglycemia, or coma. So the flu vaccine, when given to our patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes, has an important and actually large impact on reducing the risk for death. That's impressive, Frank, and really great information to really push us as providers to make sure that our, our patients get this, you know, vaccination every year. Your patient, Mary Kay, she, she thinks, you know, I've heard patients say it before, that they got the flu from getting the vaccination for it. How are you going to respond to her, and how are you going to encourage her to keep up this practice? Well, before we get to Mary, I just want to just remind oh, okay. people about the influence of the flu on the U.S. population. Um, in uh, 2019, the CDC reports about 50 million U.S. citizens, so one in six, developed an illness linked to influenza. About 25 million of those um, ended up in our offices with some form of visit. 700,000 U.S. citizens were hospitalized for influenza during the last flu season, and 60,000 of them died. So, you know, the, the risk from influenza is huge. We, we compare that to motor vehicle accident deaths, which is around half that number. So uh, by itself, influenza has a very significant effect on mortality. And I, I, if, if there's any good to come from the coronavirus experience we're currently experiencing, it's to help our patients in the community understand um, viral infections, including the influenza virus, is really significant and can lead to death. So Mary's question is, gee, is it effective and is it safe? And there's reason uh, folks have that concern. We know that overall the influenza vaccine uh, is about 40 to 45% effective in preventing uh, those people who receive the vaccine from getting ill. We know it's a little bit more effective in children and a little bit less effective in those over 65. But nonetheless, when you get a flu vaccine, even if you still get ill, the benefits of the influenza vaccine extend to all people. It lowers the rate of additional upper respiratory tract infections. And if it doesn't protect you, there's at least a significant chance it's going to protect the other people who are in your close space. Um, let me talk about one particular population we tend to forget, and that's pregnant women. Of that, oh, yeah. that 700,000 people who were hospitalized for influenza, um, pregnant women account for one in three. One in three to four uh, of patients hospitalized with influenza are pregnant. So we really need to focus. And um, why does this happen in pregnancy? The primary reason is under vaccination. About half of all pregnant women 
admit to receiving the flu vaccine. That's a huge opportunity missed. Um, we now have strong uh, guidelines for our pregnant women to receive the pertussis vaccine and get their family members vaccinated. But they should, uh, and we know the rate of pertussis is extremely low, but still lethal for newborns. This is a huge issue with half the pregnant women in the U.S. not receiving the flu vaccine. So, so you mentioned Mary's hesitancy and, and the anti-vaccine crowd. We, we, we know that there is still a fair amount of skepticism about receiving the flu vaccine. Only about one-third of U.S. adults received the flu vaccine in the 2017 and 2018 uh, 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 years. Uh, the anti-vax group um, have really strong opinions. Uh, there's data that show that anywhere from 20 to 40% of the U.S. population uh, openly express reservations of the vaccine. So we need to get very, very good about debunking some of the myths and discussing some of the benefits, like reducing death and complications of pregnancy when we talk to our patients about the flu vaccine. I agree, Frank, and it's, it's vitally important for all the reasons that you stated. And as we look for a solution to the prevention of coronavirus and look towards a vaccine, we wonder what the anti-vaxxers will do, and hopefully we can convince them that, you know, that this is beneficial to everybody, including themselves, especially if they have diabetes. Well, well Jill, uh, your, your point's extremely well taken. Um, for COVID, the best estimates are we need to get 50 to 70% of the U.S. population to have um, immunity to, to the virus. So that's to develop herd immunity, so to protect the rest of the population. And right now, we can only get you know, a third of the U.S. population to take the flu vaccine with a long history of success and a very low risk of, of any side effect, let alone anything serious. So um, with regards to our diabetic patients, we now have exceptionally good data that shows the influenza vaccine lowers mortality. It's probably one of the single most important things we can offer them. And with regards to all our patients who are skeptical, remind them that um, if they want to boost their immunity, there's no, there's no supplement, there's no soup, there's no, no other tool that's effective in expanding immune, immune support than getting a vaccine. And their risks are extremely small to non-existent and mostly anecdotal and myth. That's great, Frank. Thank you so much for discussing this research that came out in Denmark and applying it to the U.S. population in hopes of improving our vaccine rates and especially in our diabetic population. Thanks, Jill. Practice pointer. The influenza vaccine is extremely safe and lowers mortality in all populations, but in particular, those with diabetes. Please support giving the influenza vaccine to your adult and children's patients throughout the next season. Join us next time when we discuss antibody testing for COVID-19 and how to interpret those results. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.